welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. All right, we are in Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. If you want to follow along with me, it'll be on the screen as well. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We we stand and trust that the fact is that this Word is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it cuts right down to the marrow. And so, God, use your word to transform us today. Bless Mike with boldness and confidence in the spirit um, to let us hear what you're saying to our church in particular. And so, Jesus, may it be fun. May it be uh, transformative. May it be a crushing and oppressing this morning because you're good and you want new wine from us. Amen. Hey guys, if you're new with us today, I'm Mike, one of the leaders here at the church, and I just want to start off by saying I've gotten a lot of comments on this cardigan today. So, (laughs) so I came came downstairs this morning, Emerson looks at me, she's like, you look like a priest. And I said, you mean a prince? She said, no. (laughs) She said, no, much worse. Like, why are priests so bad? Uh, and then all the way from hipster to uh, Frodo Bagan-esque <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, uh, on and on. And all that to say, I'm going to wear it every Sunday now <laughs> from, from here on out. Um, hey, I want to celebrate a few things in the life of our church. And our, our church is, I was talking to some people this week, some, some church leaders, some, some just different, different churches in our city and, and around the GTA and around the world uh, this week. And, and guys, we're, like Adam said, we're, pretty, we're a pretty small church. We don't have a lot of resources. We don't have a lot of... Um, yeah, like when people look at our church, we don't have, have a lot to offer, it seems like. But I want to highlight some things that we do, because talking to these leaders and, and other people around, around uh, the GTA and the world, uh, they're, they're part of churches that don't do maybe a third of what we do as a church. 
And, and that's, like, that shows how sacrificial you guys are, how, how um, just on fire and on mission for Jesus you guys are. So uh, just a couple things. One, to remind you, St. Jamestown is, is right over here. Technically, we're, we're kind of in, in St. Jamestown, but in limbo. But you can see the high-rise buildings through these, through these windows here. We have a space in St. Jamestown called the New Common, which is purely a local engagement space. We work with organizations, and we benefit the community, and we build up the city, and we work with the city through, through this space. It's branded differently. It, is, it has its own website. It has its own uh, everything. And it's almost like another organization apart from us, although it's under Trinity Life. And that's for us to work with our city. Um, and, and that's all free to the community. Like, we support that. So when you give money, a lot of it goes to that. Uh, we plant churches. So we planted a church in Milton a couple of years ago. People are coming to Christ through this church. Like, people, it's, it's amazing. Sikhs are coming to faith and Muslims, and, and we're seeing people, like, live on fire for Jesus. That's happening in Milton. Next year, we're, we're going to help plant two more churches, one on U of T's campus, and then another one in London, England. Not London, Ontario. London, England. I, these are awesome things. We've trained and we've assessed these, these people, and, and now we're partnering with them and sending them out and being a part of what, we're, what they're doing. We're multiplying uh, our DNA. Our, you know, we, it was in that video earlier, Identity, Destiny, and Christ influence our city in the world through these means. Um, the West Bank stuff. I can go on and on about, about that. Um, in the past 10 months, I've been in the West Bank three times. We've taken two teams from our church there this year. And it's amazing how quickly those relationships have solidified. It's taken us three years to get to this point in St. Jamestown, uh, where, where we're working with organizations, we have credibility, where, where we're coming alongside people, we're empowering them, we're infusing the gospel, we're sharing the love of Jesus, and we're seeing fruit happen. In the West Bank, it's happened in two to three trips. It's, it's phenomenal how much favor there is, uh, how much of God's favor has gone before us. So, like, all these things are happening. And, and like, we're, we don't have a lot of people. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have our own building. You know, we don't have these things. Uh, be, and, and we get to do all these other things. Like, that's you guys doing this. Thank you. Like that's, that's awesome that we all get to be part of it together as a family of God. So if you're, if you're just a Trinity Life attender, I encourage you, get involved in this and so many other things, because you can be actually a part of changing our city and our world. Uh, and that's, that's our vision statement. That's our mission statement. That's our purpose statement. That's what we're here to do. We're not here just to come in and sing good songs and hear an amazing, mind-blowing sermon <laughs> that you're about to hear. <laughs> Don't stop shaking your head. I see you. Uh, <laughs> we're we're here to influence our city and the world. Okay, so let's let's get on board with that as a church. All right, something big happened this week in Canada, right? Right? <laughs> we had the legalization of cannabis. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that. If I didn't say something about that. So uh, I'm not going to go into it all. If you want to have a personal conversation about it. I'm more than happy to tell you it's wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you about it and a dialogue about it. Now, here's, here's a couple principles. One, um, or one main principle. Just because something's legal does not make it beneficial. 
Nothing's changed for us, guys. As followers of Jesus, nothing has changed. Okay, conversation has changed, but the way we view this hasn't, hasn't changed. What was an illegal drug has become a legal drug. Does that mean it's okay now? Is your moral code based on Canada's law system? I hope not. Like that, that, is, that, that doesn't change anything. Just because it's legal does not mean we, we should do it, and it's okay. Um, now, like I said, it used to be illegal, now it's a legal drug. There's plenty of legal drugs that we're okay with. Alcohol. Caffeine. We can go on. Most of you guys are, are like, caffeine is the drug you're addicted to. Like, we don't even have to talk about cannabis. Like, let's talk about your coffee addiction. Uh, we don't have to talk about uh, marijuana. Let's, let's talk about your, your tobacco addiction. Or, you know, there's so many things that we're addicted to. Um, Cannabis moving from illegal to legal really doesn't change anything in us as believers. It's still not beneficial. And you can't argue with me that it is. We, but we can talk about it. We can talk about what, why, why that is and, and all those things. But Paul's rule of thumb for things is, is it beneficial? Does it build up others? Does it build up the body of Christ? Does it propel you to mission on Jesus? Um, and if you can... Give me a sound argument for that for cannabis, then, then I'll relinquish. But I don't, I don't know if you can. I don't know if that's possible. So for you guys who have kids, um, my girls, yesterday we were driving somewhere, Missy and I, with the girls. I have a seven-year-old and an eight-year-old. We were driving. And unfortunately, they can read. So <laughs> they see like cannabis plastered everywhere. And, and Emerson's like, what's cannabis? <laughs> She's like sounding it out. And, and, uh, and I just said, sweetie, it's something that some people choose to smoke, uh, just like other drugs, like tobacco and, and, and other things. And we didn't make a big deal out of it. We didn't say, oh, there's this big deal, sweetie, in our country, and we're the second nation to, well, we didn't go into all that. I just said, it's something some people choose, and, and it's something that we choose not to do, and we, we can talk about that. Um, but... So, if you're, if, you, if you're raising kids, I encourage you, like, you don't need to make a big deal of it. Your kids are going to grow up in a society where it's just like tobacco, where you can buy it, you can buy it on the streets, it's not illegal anymore, and people are smoking it on the streets, um, and you're smelling it, and all those things. So, there's no need to, because growing up for us, it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was illegal or demonized or whatever you want to call it. Um, we don't have to give that onto our kids. You know what that's going to make them do? Yeah, they're going to want it. They're going to want it more. So, um, like, we can just talk about it as a choice of us following Jesus and, and what that means. So, that's all I'm going to say on that. Again, if you want to talk about it more, like, you can ask me about it uh, or any one of our leaders. We have one leader who was a proficient user of, and... <laughs> And was a proficient, yeah, was, and a dealer, and all that stuff. So he can tell his story some other time. <laughs> next week, he'll, he'll be preaching, he'll be preaching next week. <laughs> so, <clears throat> all right, anyone, uh, we are, well, actually, first, let me just paint the picture of our series. We're in our series called Uprising. We are talking about rising power today. We've been theming each week. We talked about rising influence last week, rising peace, rising hope. Uh, because, guys, we are in spiritual warfare. If you're a follower of Jesus, 
You are definitely in the trenches. You're on the battlefield. You are, uh, your, your battle is not against flesh and blood, it is against the powers, principalities of this present darkness, as Paul says in Ephesians 6. And, and guys, you're in a war. And if you're living your life not being, not aware of that, not realizing that you're in a war, then you are missing, uh, you're, you're, you're missing everything. You're missing your life in Christ because you have, you have been brought from death to life, as Ephesians chapter 2 says, and there, there is a battle for your life. And so we're talking about spiritual warfare all through the book of Ephesians. And spiritual warfare, like we said, the primary battleground for this is in the mind. It's not external, it's in the mind. It's in lies, it's in darkness, it's in affliction, it's in brokenness, it's in suffering, it's in temptation. These things on this, on this banner over here. These are the ways that the enemy tries to get at us. So that's what we're talking about in the series all through the book of Ephesians. And it's been building up. The first three chapters of Ephesians are some of the most beautiful chapters of who we are in Christ Jesus. It's really amazing if you read those and you just look at it through the lens of my identity in Christ and just read through Ephesians 1 through 3, it's amazing what that says about us, about you. And that's why we talked about rising power and influence and peace and hope, like these things that we have in Christ Jesus. And now Paul is finishing out this with a prayer to the Ephesian church. He started that prayer in, in verse 1, and then he went on an aside, and then he came back to that prayer now in verse are we in 14? Uh, verse 14. So, um, has anyone been to the Redwood Forest in Northern California? Anyone seen that? Yeah, yeah. So, like three people, four people, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really amazing. So, I've, I've been there before. It's, um, there's right, south, right north of uh, San Francisco, there's this place called Muir Woods. And then even further north of there, there's Redwood National Park or Forest, whatever it's called. And, and uh, it's, it's just awe-inspiring. I mean, these trees are super tall. Now, the tallest tree actually is taller than these high-rises you see out, outside of our window here. They're taller than any building in St. Jamestown. So um, just think about that, a, a forest of high-rise trees. And when you're there, they just like... I don't know, when you're looking up at the sky, it, it inspires wonder, inspires awe. It's, these trees are thousands of years old, um, and they're huge around. And uh, you're just walking through this forest of these like, monster trees. It feels like you're in like, dinosaur, like this dinosaur age. Um, and, and like I said, it's like having a forest of, of high-rises, like St. Jamestown, like towering above you. Uh, so those are redwood trees. There's also this thing called Redwood Kush. Anyone know what that is? <laughs> I, see, I see Daniel. Daniel knows exactly what that is. <laughs> Redwood Kush is a, it's cannabis. It's, it's a weed. It's something you smoke. It's the official statement on Redwood Kush is, is that it leaves you sedentary, sleepy, unable to focus, and unable to get work done. That's what, actually what the official statement on it says. You're unable to get work done. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, so basically, it, it makes you lazy, it makes you sedentary, it makes you sleepy, is, is what Redwood Kush does. That's the opposite of a Redwood tree. A Redwood tree is awe-inspiring. It, 
It, um, it, it inspires wonder in you, and, and the sense of glory is there. And, and here you have Redwood Cush that does the exact opposite. The problem with the church is that we're full of people who are redwood cush, not redwood trees. You have chosen to be redwood weed, not a redwood tree. And this morning, I want you to see that in, when we talk about rising power, that Jesus has given you the ability to be a redwood tree. And you're just choosing to be a redwood weed. You know, the, the awesome thing about redwood trees, another awesome thing is uh, their root system. So redwood trees, so a typical tree will have a taproot that goes all the way down into the ground, like pretty far into the ground, and, and it anchors the tree into the ground so that it doesn't fall over, but then it also absorbs all the nutrients, and all these small roots come out of a taproot. Uh, think of like a carrot. A carrot is a taproot that we eat. Like it's, it's a big root, and it has little roots that come, come off the side of it, right? Um, so that's, that's like, most other trees are like that, except a redwood tree doesn't have a taproot. It has, it has roots that are, are pretty shallow, like five or six feet below ground, but they spread 100 feet in diameter around the tree, up to 100 feet. And in a redwood forest, what ha- and, and think about this in Northern California too, you have, you have all these environmental issues. You have... Um, fires, and you have wind, and rain, and earthquakes, and, and uh, yeah, uh, other things that, that could potentially tear these trees down, but they've been there for thousands of years. And it's because when these roots go out, they actually weave into other redwood trees' roots. So you can have an, an individual tree that has an individual taproot that goes way down, and it may stand the test of time, but here you have an intricate woven web of roots, a root system that all these trees are connected to. And all these trees, they depend on each other. It's like a community of trees. They, they feed off of one, one another. They give nutrients to each other. They hold each other up. They carry one another's burdens. They build one another up. They love one another. Does that sound familiar yet? It's like the church. And here's the bottom line for today as we go through this this sermon. It's if you want to experience the love of Christ fully, you need to experience the power of community fully. Many of you are like individual trees. You you just come in, you're going to plant yourself, and you're okay with that. And, and, you know, you don't want to touch any other trees. And, and if that's the case, you're just basically redwood weed. You're going to burn out. You're going you're gonna to fail. You're going to burn out, and you're going to be all by yourself. And you may say, I want that. But you'll always be all by yourself, and you'll never fully experience the love of Christ. You'll never fully experience the power of community, of being a redwood tree with with. Uh, your roots interwoven with other people so that you can carry one another's burdens, so that you can love one another, so you can forgive one another, so you can exhort one another, so you can build one another up. And so this morning, I want to show you how to choose to be a tree instead of a weed. So let's, let's go into this passage in verse 14. It says here, 
for this reason. Now, this, why does Paul say that, for this reason? For this reason, he's going all the way back. He's, he's talking about for this reason. Like I said, there's so much beautiful language in, in chapters 1, 2, and 3. Here you have, he's talking about you, you, you were dead in your sin, now you're alive in Christ, you've been sealed with the Spirit, you're God's heritage, you've obtained an inheritance, you have peace, he's made peace between you and God, between you and, you and each other, uh, all this stuff. You, we are, we're the mystery of God, Gentiles becoming part of the chosen people of God with, with uh, the Jews, and he's talking about all this stuff that's been really amazing. So now he says, for this reason, for all that, for all that, I bow my knees before the Father. And Paul is, he starts out with a humble prayer. He just starts out in humility. And guys, in spiritual warfare, if the primary battleground in spiritual warfare is in your mind, then your primary weapon in spiritual warfare is prayer. Along with scriptures, the truth, right? It's, and, you, and, and in prayer, one of the main, one of the main uh, goals of prayer is to align your will with God's will. It's to align you with God. Think about, we, we say this all the time, we, we talk about uh, our Christian faith as a walk, right? We're like, oh, how's your, how's your walk with God? You know, what's, what's your, your, your journey of faith, your, your walk of faith? It's kind of weird language if you're outside the church. Um, so, and we just use it without even thinking about it. Just like journey, walk, blah, blah, But think, like picture it right now. Picture like Adam and Eve in the garden walking with God and picture you in Adam and Eve's place walking with God. That's a picture of our faith today. That, and it's an accurate picture. God is, God is walking. He wants to take you somewhere this morning. He wants to take you somewhere in life. He does not want you to be stagnant. He does not want you to burn out. He does not want you to stay in one spot. He wants to progress you. So picture you walking alongside with God. Most of us, uh, there's, there's really four positions we can be in here. Some of us are ahead of God. We've said to God, God, you're not moving fast enough. I want to do it myself. So I'm going to walk ahead. And I'm going to see what's up there. And we're, we're going through the forest and we're, we're trying to find our way because we've said, God, you're not moving fast enough for us. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you guys are there this morning where you're like, I just want this stuff to happen. God is not moving fast enough, and I'm going to figure it out on my own. Some of us are behind God. God's moving, and we're like, uh, we lack the faith, we lack the boldness, we lack whatever it is, and, and we're like, God, I don't know if I can go that way. I hear you saying I should go that way. I see you over there, but that's not me. I don't want to go there, uh, and you're lagging behind. Prayer is going to bring you closer to God's will, right? To come alongside him again. Uh, and then some of you guys are just like off the path. You just, you saw a squirrel and you chased it into the forest. And you're running that way and God's on the path and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, where are you, where are you going? And, and then you, re, you turn around and you realize and you're like, I'm lost. I, I have no idea where I am and I can't see anything. I can't find my way back. And some of you guys feel like that right now. You, and this is what Adam was talking about earlier. You just, you need this breakthrough. You need God to like tear down that force so you can see it again. And you're just lost. And you're lost in life. And, and what prayer does is it aligns you back with the will of God. It shows you where he is again. And then some of you guys, this is the last position, you, you're right there with God. You're, you're walking in step with the spirit as Paul says. 
in Galatians. Like, we are in step with the Spirit. Like, so this terminology is used all across the New Testament. And, and that's our goal. And prayer helps, gets a, prayer helps to get us there. It aligns us with God's will. It puts us in that right path. Now, Paul, Paul goes on to say here that I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on, and on earth is named, verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Power here is just the capability of acting. That's basic definition is you have been given the capability to act, to do something. That's, that's power. And we want power, right? And, and you may say, oh, I'm not very power hungry. I don't want to be like this power. But we all want power in, in a certain way. When you're little, you want power. You want the power to make your own decisions. Dealing with that right now with our daughters. And we want to empower them to make their own decisions. But sometimes they, they don't make the right decisions. <laughs> Most times they don't make the right decisions. And we're trying to teach them in their decisions. And, and, and so when you're young, you're just like, I just want to make my own decisions. When you get a little bit older, and you want, to make, you want to make sure the decisions you make have a certain outcome, right? You want to make sure they bear fruit. You get a little older, and you want to make sure you make the right decisions so it has this certain outcome. You want the power to even, even tinker with that. And then some of you even, you, you want the power to know what's going to happen before you make a decision. And you want that power so you know, like, if I make this, that's going to happen. And, and think about it. This is why our society, this is why some of you are fascinated with New Age stuff. It's the spiritual warfare around here. We're fascinated by it. Look at our city. It's Eastern mysticism. It's, it's um, psychics. It's astral projection. It's necromancy, calling up the dead. It's spirit guides. It's spirit animals. It's... It's uh, yoga, it's, and I don't mean stretching, I mean like yoga, like the actual practice of yoga. It's, it's uh, and don't be fooled, guys, like this stuff has its roots in Eastern mysticism, right? Like, think, think about this. Now, if you're stretching, you're just stretching, but um, uh, and you, should, you should stretch. But, uh, but some of these forms in yoga, some of these forms, which I can't do because I'm not very flexible, like, uh, they have their roots in calling forward spirits and, and deities in Hinduism. I just think about this stuff. So all, all this stuff, like, we're fascinated with. Um, you know, fortune tellers and palm reading and tarot cards. The post office across the street from my house, it has an electronic runner. And it's like envelopes, passports, photos, stamps, psychic readings, uh, internet, facts, tarot card readings. And I'm like, what, really? Like, is that like, uh, it's a post office. Uh, but in the back, you can go get, you can go get your palm read. Um, and I, I'm assuming it's in the back. I haven't, I haven't tried it. <laughs> but, but we're fascinated with this stuff. And, and we're kind of laughing at this stuff. And, and it's funny. But many of us have been exposed to this stuff. Ouija boards. Don't raise your hand. I don't want to exercise a demon this morning, uh, but how many of you guys? How many of you guys have messed around with a Ouija board? How many of you guys have have messed around with um, light as a feather, stiff as a board? That ring a bell to anybody? Bloody Mary, not the Queen, not the drink. Although if you had too many to drink, 
that I could do. But like, there's this chant, this Bloody Mary chant. Is this just in America, guys? No. This in Canada. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. See, now I got you. I got you, guys. Um, yeah, that's true. So, um, uh, yeah, and you magic eight ball, right? Some of you guys are like, what? Magic eight ball. What's the difference between a magic eight ball and a crystal ball? You're asking the same question, aren't you? You're saying, hey, Magic 8-Ball, what's my future? Does this girl like me? That's, that was my question of the Magic 8-Ball all the time. <laughs> Should I date this girl? Maybe, ah, I'll do it again, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, you've opened yourself up and you've given power to something else. And now we can't see it, right? We, we don't know what that is. We live in this world that is, that is spiritual, but we, we, just, we just go by the physical world. We don't even realize how spiritual this world is. And now you've just spoken something out and you've opened yourself up to something spiritual. And you didn't even realize it. And now I'm not saying these things are inherently evil. It's not like every magic eight ball has a demon inside it, right? I'm not saying Parker Brothers mass produce <laughs> Ouija boards and like every Ouija board is evil. But the act, oh shoot, like, the lights just dim. See what I'm saying? If you're new with us this morning, it's on a timer. They mess with the timer today, so it's going off sooner than it normally is. Or, no. So, so maybe they are all evil, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. But what, what we do is we, we've opened ourselves up to something, given us, given us over to something, in pow, given that power to something else, okay? When you just ask these questions. And as followers of Jesus, why would we go anywhere else? Why would we go anywhere else except our Father who wants the best for us? Now, God is not a fortune teller. God is not a magic eight ball. You can't ask God something and he says maybe and then shake him and then get a new answer. God doesn't work like that, but listen to me this morning. If you, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, he wants what is best for you, and you have to trust that, and you, you have to walk forward in that, knowing that he wants that for you this morning, and, and if we can actually believe that truth and walk forward in that truth in step with the Spirit, that's, that's a huge part of the battle in spiritual warfare, guys. So here Paul says, he wants you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. What's, what, what is your inner being? That is your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your attitude, your mental state. How many of you guys, instead of feeling strengthened and have power in your inner being this morning, actually feel condemned in your inner being this morning? How many of you guys feel weak in your heart this morning? How many of you guys feel weak in your mind this morning? And guys, these aren't condemning questions. They're not questions of condemnation. They're questions of God saying, I don't want you to live like that. You weren't meant to live like that. You weren't meant to live as a redwood weed. You are meant to live as a redwood tree. And he's like, I don't want that for you. How many of you guys fall to the same sin over and over and over again. And it just has this 
grip on you, this control on you. And like when you get tempted in the sin, it's like you're not even yourself and you just walk forward into it. Next thing you know, shoot, I did it again. I get, it just happened, right? Well, it didn't just, it didn't just happen. You, you chose to give it power and to have power over you. And Paul says this morning that he wants you to be strengthened in your inner being, not to feel weak. How many of you guys feel uh, you've, you've had a relationship and you've had trust broken and you've been hurt by it, and that has power over you this morning? How many of you guys have given power to someone who sinned against you, whether it was your parents' disapproval, your parents controlling you, or, or it was a, a broken relationship, it was someone bullying you or someone saying, uh, this about you that tore you down and it still riddles you today. How many of you guys feel weak in that way this morning? God says, that is not what I designed you to be. That is not who you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to burn out like a weed. You're not supposed to have the effects of, of unable to work and unable to focus. You're supposed to inspire awe and wonder in people. You're supposed to point people to me and my glory. That's what I've designed you for. That's how I've made you. And this morning, Paul is saying, I want you to be strengthened in your inner being, in your heart, in your mind, in your attitude, in your mental state, in your emotions. I want you to be strengthened there. Now, the heart in Ephesians, uh, Paul talks about three really amazing things that are centered in the heart. And then one thing that is like the negative side of the heart. And if you're, you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, your reality is that your heart is calloused and hardened and darkened. Those are the words that he uses in Ephesians chapter 4. Hardened, calloused, and darkened. That is the state of your heart this morning. Unfortunately for some of you guys who say you're followers of Jesus, that is still the default state of your heart. I don't know what that says about you as a follower of Jesus, but that is not what God wants for you. Jesus says he's coming to give us the abundant life. Does that sound like the abundant life to you? And your heart is still calloused and hardened and darkened when he says, if you're a follower of Jesus, three things in the book of Ephesians. One, your heart is enlightened. It's enlightened. It's, it's, it, it's like it's, it can see clearly now. Two, it's a seat of worship in Ephesians chapter 5. Your heart makes melody to the Lord. It's a seat of worship. And then three, in Ephesians chapter 6, is your heart is, hears God's voice, trusts it, and obeys it in obedience and in faithfulness. That is, your, that is what our hearts are supposed to be. They're not supposed to be dark and hardened and calloused any longer. And God is calling us out of that this morning. If we're to be a church that influences our city and the world, we have to be a church that goes into those three things of the heart. We have to exemplify that in our city. Your natural state of, of operating in life should be in those three things, no matter what you feel. And look at, look at uh, the, the following verses here. Verses 17 down, he says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, this is that tree analogy here, rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend. Now, note that word there, comprehend. That is a mental capacity. Now, it's also experiential, but it, it's mental experiential, right? It's, it's not a feeling. He's not saying, I want you to feel this. He's saying, I want to give you the strength to comprehend this, 
with all the saints, which we'll come back to, what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know, again, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We see there are three words that point to a mental state, that point to mental capacity. How many of you guys this morning, how many of you guys this morning let your emotions dictate your mental state? How many of you guys feel like your emotions have control of you, not, your, not the truths and beliefs of, of the gospel? How many of you guys let, let your feelings dictate what you believe about God? And you may say, oh, no, I don't, that's, that's backwards. Yeah, it is backwards. Um, but I'd say most of us do that. Because let's say you're in a state of mourning or you're, or, or you're in anger. Like, a lot of times when we're in, in something like that, we're like, uh, oh, God, that, that informs whether we believe God is good or not. Right? We're... We're in mourning, we're like, God, why would you do this? And we question God's goodness, right? We're, we're in a state of anger, and we're like, God, God, why is this happening? Why aren't you faithful? You know, those are the questions we have. Instead of flipping it and saying, no, okay, in my state of whatever it is, in our example here, mourning, anger, um, which I'm not talking about sinful, sinfulness here, guys. Like, mourning and anger aren't sins, right? It's just feelings and it's emotions. It's what we do with those feelings and emotions that make them that make them sinful, potentially. So here, we should say, no, I know God is good. No, I know God is faithful. I know those things to be true. I've experienced that. I have knowledge of that. I have knowledge of that love of Christ. And so when we go through these states, mourning and anger, that should inform how we react here, not the other way around. Most of us live the other way around. We live, by, we live as slaves to our emotions. We live as slaves to our feelings. We live as slaves to our attitude. We live as slaves to our mental our, our emotional state. When, if we actually believe these truths of the gospel in Ephesians 1, 2, 3, and, and they were, and we knew them and we comprehended them and we went into the strength and power that God's given us and said yes to these things, that would change your life. It would change the way you operate at work. It would change the way you operate at school. It would change the way you're in a relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your friends or your parents or your sisters or your brothers or in this church if we all operated in that way. It would make us a true root system. And he says here that there's a breadth and length and height and depth to the love of Christ. Now, those are just four words to describe four directions that Christ's love is all-encompassing. And he says... This is also that we, may be, that we may be filled with the fullness of God. Could you handle that this morning? If God was to give you his fullness this morning? The fullness of God is in Christ Jesus. It was displayed on the cross. And in verse 20 he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and, and ever. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God can do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think? 
What were your prayers like this past week? What was your devotional life like this past week? Did it reflect this truth? That God can do far more abundantly than all that you ask or think? Or do you have a magic eight ball, God? That is powerless. If we're to be a people with rising power, we have to be a people who does this together. He says the only way we can comprehend all this, guys, is with, all the back in verse 18, is with all the saints. And if we're going to believe that God can do far more abundantly than all we ask or we think, we have to have life with the saints. We have to do it in a root system where we're carrying each other, building one another up, walking alongside one another. We can't do this alone. And I, I love how Adam brought this out earlier in, in, the, in the first worship set. Um, and we didn't talk about this. He didn't have any idea that I was talking about this today. And, and guys, like, you can be alone. You can be a tree alone, but you're always going to be alone. Or you can choose to do life together. And we can choose to build each other up and inspire awe. He says we do this. He mentions the church here in verse 21. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ. We do this for the glory of God. Do you know a redwood tree is one of the fastest growing trees on the planet? It grows an average of 10 feet per year. 10 feet per year. To put that in perspective, a regular tree grows like a tenth of that or less. So we're talking like one foot or less. Maybe one and a half feet or less is, is a regular tree. A redwood tree has exponential growth. This morning, some of you guys, you're just regular trees. Or you're the weed. You're the redwood weed, and you're burning out. Because some of you guys are just stagnant in your faith. God's trying to walk, and you're just stagnant. You haven't realized the power that you have in Christ Jesus. You haven't realized what he's given you. And you're going to go from here and you're going to live your life like normal. And you're going to put, put everything in the world, in, in your heart, in your mind, in your life. And you're just going to live, live normally. But God has designed us to be redwood trees. You are to inspire awe and wonder and glory in people. You're to be a tree that points people to God. You know that people come from all over the world to see redwoods? From all over the world, they come to see these. We're to be that. We're God's masterpiece, as Ephesians chapter 2 says. Paul says, we're God's workmanship in 2.10, which is the word for masterpiece. Like, we're on display for the world to see. And you've chosen to live a life like a redwood weed, alone, dejected, burning out instead of a redwood tree. Choose that this morning. The only way to do that is to do it in community, is for our root systems to intertwine with one another, for us to build one another up, for us to hold one another up, for us to feed one another, for us to care for one another, for us to love one another, for us to forgive one another. And guys, if we can't do that in here, we're going to die out there. If we can't do that in here, we're never going to be able to do it out there. So it has to start here. 
And Paul says this is with all the saints, guys. Now, he's writing to the church here. So this is with all the saints in the, in the church, right? Uh, because you may say, oh, why, why do this with people outside of Trinity life and all this stuff? Yeah, that's, that's fine, but this is your priority. All the saints, he's running to a local church here. All of these saints, guys, were to do it with. So I encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, if Trinity Life Church is your church, let's do this together. We'll never influence our city and the world if we don't. We'll just be people who come to a worship service, get some coffee and stuff, and then leave and go along our way. If that's what you want to be, then you're going to burn out eventually. But God's called us to be trees together. If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, that's what's, that's, that's what's for you. This is what's, what, what is on the table for you. Jesus died on a tree so that you need part of a forest. He died on this cross for you, for your sins, for, your, for, for the consequences of sins, for, for your guilt, for your condemnation, for your shame, all so that you can be free in Christ today. So I encourage you to take that step forward today as well. So we're going to end our response time, and we're going to do it with communion and song. And this represents the body of Christ that was broken for us and the blood of Christ that was shed for us. And so if you are a follower of Jesus today, this is for you because you believe this and, and you say yes to this today. And if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, uh, feel free to refrain and to observe and to maybe even pray and, for the first time and, and ask God, uh, what, is, what is he doing here? What is he trying to talk to you about this morning? So let's pray together, then we'll go into communion. Jesus, thank you so much for your love and your life. God, your love is so deep, it's so vast, it's, um, it's so amazing. And so we praise you for it. Thank you, Jesus, that you're willing and obedient, and you showed us a life that, uh, that we can have. And so we step forward into the abundant life as a church today. Father, um, whatever is holding us back from living a life together, Father, remove that and make us a forest in our city for your glory and for your name's sake and for your honor. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.